Not the boring, generic, milquetoast stuff coming from the network in Connecticut. I describe him as the best, obviously. Cattles. He throws it out there. Speaks his mind. That's cool. And Rami. He's supposed to make people laugh. He's just an expert at it. Cattles and Rami. Live and local in the afternoon. Sacktown Sports. So I'm a very plan-oriented kind of guy. And we had a clear plan of what this show was going to look like until about 1.30. <laughs> and then Sham Sharania happened, and the entire show changed. Thanks for joining us, as always. It's much appreciated on this Thursday. It's Cattles and Rami. Rami heading down to uh, Los Angeles. He should be in L.A. by now. He left early this morning, so uh, he's out the rest of the week. Replacing Rami for the rest of the week is JJ, my guy, of course, behind the glass. We've got Kyle. We've got Simone. And maybe today's message, as we saw this tweet from Sham Sharania, is the NBA offseason buckle up. Not just across the country, not just all NBA fans, but specifically Kings fans, you might want to buckle up. We've been talking about this, the idea that the Kings have $20 million plus in cap space. They can do some other things. They could get up to $23, 24000000 million by stretching Rashawn Holmes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The point is they got tens of millions of dollars to spend this summer, and not every team has that type of capability. As a matter of fact, not many do. You also have the chance to use the full mid-level exception. So we've been talking about free agency. We've been talking about spending money on Sasha Vizankov. How would you replace Harrison Barnes? Maybe we should have been doing more talking about trades because Sham Sharania just about 40 minutes ago or so tweeted out something that was fascinating. Here's the tweet from Shams. Another team that's had Bradley Beal trade talks with the Wizards, the Kings. Sources tell me and Sam Amick. It's believed Beal would consider Sacramento given his no-trade clause, but right now there does not appear to be a clear pathway for the two sides. So, JJ, let's just say, theoretically. Oh, I'm saying it, Nick. Because you can put a deal together. You you can do it. Would you be in or out on Bradley Beal? Completely in. Completely in. not Not even a question. I'm not thinking twice. This is somebody that's been on my wish list for a couple of years, Nick. Uh, I think he's a borderline. Here we go with the list and rankings. It's summertime, <laughs> Nick, right? So I'm it's, just going to fall in line if you don't summertime. mind. It's summertime. It's list season. <laughs> he's a borderline top 30 guy when everything is clicking, right? Right. When everything's clicking for him, when he's, a, you know, when he's doing what he's supposed to do, he's completely healthy. He's a top 30 guy in my mind. He's another playmaker. He can create his own shot. It's not even in question. I'll leave it right there first. I'm all in. And yourself. All in. I'm uh I'm not all in. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'd actually, I figure you were so I, I kept some things back just in case. I would stay away from the vehicle here. A, a couple of things. Yes, Bradley Beal, there's no doubt, is a, a top thirty ish player in the NBA when he has it all clicking, as you said, JJ. The issue, number one for me is he has not had it all clicking the last couple of years. Now, the the question about why he hadn't had it going the last two years, I think, is the heart of the issue. Yes. Is it because Bradley Beal is a player in decline, or is it because Bradley Beal, not the greatest fit with Porzingis and maybe some other players on that team, and also Bradley Beal, who at one point was an ultra-competitive cat, 
might have grown tired of losing in Washington. And so maybe, just maybe, we have not seen full throttle Bradley Beal in like three years. Yes, I'm glad you said that because that's one of my positives is the fact that I know he has something to prove. Or I believe, I should say, I want to say so matter-of-factly, I believe he has something to prove. I know that he has uh, he's made a big deal over the last few years of being off, you know, all-star teams. Not made, He's made a lot of fuss about not make, talking about rankings and lists, not being where he thought he should be throughout the years. So that lets me know in the words of Kendrick Perkins, Nick, he wants to smoke. You know, something <laughs> that I think the Kings desperately need. And he's respected throughout the league. So I, I'll bounce back that back. I'll bounce that first thing right back off you. Yeah, look, it, it could be possible. Again, you never know. You never know how much this is on the player, how much it's on the organization, how much he just got so sick and tired of dealing with Washington. There were so many changes with that organization. Yep. It has been one of the worst run teams in the last few years. So maybe it was just a fatigue factor, JJ. And maybe if you bring him in here to Sacramento, if that did happen, maybe you get the best out of Bradley because he's in a winning environment. He's with the right culture. He's with the right coaching staff. All of those things, a passionate yep. fan base. Yep. Maybe he jumps all in and he is as good as he was three years ago. Maybe. <laughs> the other part, the other part is what do you have to give up? See, okay. I don't think. You have, you have the pieces in part to try to match some salaries. But I tweeted this yesterday. The easiest path, and maybe possibly the only path as far as money goes, is if you decided to trade one of Fox or Doma. Mm-hmm. If that's part of this trade, then I'm out because yeah, I don't want it. You're you're adding Beal, but you're losing one of the two other guys. How much better are you with Fox and Beal than Fox and Domas? How much better are you with Domas and Beal than Domas and Fox? True, very true. I I I should make the caveat, the caveat here, Nick, that yes, it I want Bradley Beal to coincide with De'Aaron Fox and and Demonis Sabonis. If I have to give up one of those two people, and here I go playing fantasy GM. I don't want to look at the numbers. I don't want to look at, you know, how my cap fits. I just want to tell Vivek and the the group, open up the pocketbook. Let's make it make sense, right? And let's go after a championship. Right. But I'll tell you the reason why I really like Bradley Bill. A couple things is he's a playmaker. We know he can do something. He can do it with the ball in his hand. He can create a shot. It's not even in question. He takes the pressure off De'Aaron Fox very, very easy. That's something that a lot of people around here have asked for a few times this season to see De'Aaron play off the ball a little bit. We've even heard a little bit of mix and match with Davion, Malik Monk, the Kentucky power punch. You know, uh, Malik Monk and De'Aaron both play, but together, Bill allows that when needed. And this other thing, too, is remember who's coaching the Kings, Nick? Mike Brown, right? He stems from the Warriors tree, so to say, as of late. And what do the Warriors do normally? And I thought about this when you put this in our in our uh, our prep channel today. Is when Clay was right, Steve Kerr staggered the backcourt, and I say that in his especially before Clay's injuries. You know, you would see Clay go out seven eight minute mark in the first quarter. Curry would run out the rest of the first quarter, and then that that very next second quarter, Curry would be on the bench, right. and Clay would come up. Yep. I think that allows. You know, if Bill is in a Kings uniform, it allows Mike Brown to do the same thing, uh, you know, and, and stagger those guys. And for me, looking at what Bradley Bill does fantastically, he's a perfect pit, a perfect uh, a fit with, with Domas. And that's that's kind of go, coincides with what you're saying. It's true. It has to come with Domas. 
it's a perfect complement to what Domas does best, and that's pass, right? And Bradley Bill, high 30s, three-point percentage. You know, I mean, we can we can rattle off the numbers. I had to go look at some of the things. I didn't know he shot that well from the floor. He is almost a 50% from the floor g- score. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Efficient kind I mean, of guy. He's definitely efficient. Yeah. And so I, I just think... In a perfect world, it looks fantastic. Now, if you're asking me to be realistic, which I think that's what you're saying is, yeah, if we have to give up De'Aaron or Domas, then it doesn't make sense. Because if you if you don't give up one of those two guys, here's the other part of this. You're talking about huge, and I mean humongous, salary cap implications moving forward. Not just this coming year, but especially with the new CBA. True. If you added Domas... To Fox, Beal, that three, or added Beal to Fox and Domas, if you had those three guys on your roster, Domas is looking for an extension here in the next year or so. If you wanted to keep these three guys, it's these three guys and whomever else. Because you're you're looking at, I mean, Beal's 40-plus million, Fox is on a max, Domas will be looking for a max, you're talking about $120-plus million for those three guys. Mm-hmm. And with the new salary cap and the new CBA, it'll be very difficult to put a team together along with those guys. So you have to be, and I'm not saying they wouldn't be, but you have to believe in this idea that Fox, Beal, and Domas would give you a spectacular chance at winning a title, not two, three, four years down the road, but this is a win-now, go-for-it move. Yep. And then you could kind of figure out what your salary cap implications are two years down the road when you have to make some decisions. So that's another issue to me is that the salary cap numbers would be so outrageous and the balance would be so off. You would eventually have to try to you know bring in Keegan on an extension. Could you do that with these guys making as much money as they would be making? Kevin Herter would probably have to go. Some other guys would have to go. So there's a lot of different things that would have to happen to allow these three to be on the same team. And I just, with that with that threesome, I think you're going to need some depth and some more talent to back them up. So I just, I don't think it, it's a smart move for really any NBA team to be putting three max deals on the same roster moving forward. I just think it's bad business and it, it ties your hands and it could have you hitting the reset button in 18 months. I agree. And it, it's it's super interesting in the fact that this, Nick, is I think the the NBA and you got you and Rami have talked about this over the last couple of weeks. The NBA is so wide open. I think you have teams thinking about how could we match the Denver Nuggets? If the Denver Nuggets are the champions of the world, quite frankly, as great as they looked, I can make a case where it's like, mm, I could see them being beat by someone, right? Right. And that's the thing is, is if you if they would have played Boston, I probably would have took Boston over Denver. I know that hurt your heart a, a little bit. Giannis wasn't right. Philadelphia seemed to crumble at the end. The Warriors, I, I've said this for me, and we'll talk about this a little later. If the Kings would have beat the Warriors, I believe they would have beat the Lakers, which then would have matched up with the Nuggets. I don't think they would have beat the Nuggets because the Nuggets just look better. Bruce Brown, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr., their supporting staff, KCP, they just have a better all-around team. But I'm also looking at it from the standpoint of they're a team that's gettable. I think I can go and, and achieve beating them next year, and I'm not really scared of anyone on that for me. If I know I have De'Aaron Fox 
and I know I have Domas. Yeah. The only person I really fear on that that roster is Jokic. And I'm also looking at it, and I'm going to De'Aaron and say, listen, I need you to be just as good against Jamal Murray. You have to equal him out, and if not, you know, outplay him. And now we're looking at the rest of the team. So I think that plays a part of it. And, again, the NBA is so wide open, it's kind of that old question, that old argument. Do you play for a championship or do you play for three, four years down the road? Right. And that, I think you tend to play for, look, I want to be flexible at all points in time. You know, as you, you started this show saying, look, I like to be very calculated. Yeah. I get it. I don't think some GMs play that way. All right, your thoughts. Jay's in. I'm out on Bradley Beal. If they could put this together, 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. Of course, you are always welcomed in to the YouTube world, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. In or out on Bradley Beal, the idea of bringing Beal here to Sacramento. We'll get to your reaction also coming up in 90 seconds. Is all hope lost for the A's to remain in Oakland? Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles. And Rami. On Sacktown Sports. All right, we'll get to the A's in a couple of minutes, but we got to get to your reaction here on this Bradley Beal idea first. Are you in or out on that? YouTube chat, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. We're talking about this, I should uh, mention, because Sham Sharani had tweeted about an hour or so ago that the Kings... The Kings have at least discussed Bradley Beal with the Wizards. Shams did say that it doesn't look like there's a path to make this deal, and I think that's because you would likely have to give up one of Fox and Domas or Domas, and that just doesn't make much sense. But uh, Dwayne Baker says, no way on Beal. The Kings have a 6'7 shooting guard now who can shoot better than most and is a better defender every day. Don't want him taking shots from the guys we have now, and that is a small backcourt. That's one of my issues, Nick, is, and we're going to talk about this at the top of next hour. Kevin Herter's not that guy that a lot of Kings fans believe he is. And you you really, if you think Kevin Herter's better than Bradley Bill, you need to sit back and watch some more film. That's serious. And he that, would be the only one of their six best players they'd have to trade. That That's not. Money-wise, I get it, but for me, that's not. Look, that's not me. I'm taking Bradley Bill every day. I don't know how you could feel great about Herter after the playoff series. Uh, I I like him. I like Kevin Herter, but I don't know how you can look at him and say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to stand by that guy. I think Herter is one of those dudes that would be tradable. Certainly off this roster. I look at Davion Mitchell. I look at Kevin Herter as the top two assets because I don't think you're going to trade Keegan Murray. Nope. So those two guys are your top assets. Uh, Cam Cruz, YouTube. It ain't going to work. Keep it moving. (laughs) I hear it. Uh, the real Cheech, forty plus million and no defense. Pass. There's a lot of guys making forty million dollars though that's playing no D. You know, Bradley Beal did <laughs> at one point show that he could play some defense, and that's that's one of those, you know, big time question marks about who Bradley Beal truly is. Is he the guy? As we talked about last segment, JJ, right. is he the guy that we've seen the last two three years in Washington? A nothing franchise for all intents and purposes. Did he just get tired of it? Mm-hmm. He got his big fat money, his big fat extension. So he kind of just rode it out and washing until he got the money, which is smart on his part, business wise. And now that he got the money, he wants out. And you know, if you're if you're acquiring Beal, whoever it's going to be that acquires him, you're believing in the thought that he's reinvigorated mm-hmm. and he's ready to jump into the pool and and 
I don't want to say dominate, that might be a stretch, but give you that all-star level play. True. I, I'm 100% with you. I think it's a great point that you made, uh, you know, a few minutes ago in the fact of I, you really need to go back and look Bradley Bill at the at the peak and what he was doing. And do you believe that he wants to do that again? He he believes he can do that again. And the other part of it, too, is Washington put a lot of pressure on him to be the number one. If he would to come to Sacramento, he wouldn't have to be the number one, which allows him to play a little loose and a little free, kind of a la John Wall. And the most success he ever had was when he really wasn't asked to be a number one. He was yeah. a number two. And that's the same thing. It For me, it comes down to the fact of— He's a great fit basketball-wise. Fantastic. is Just what you—you you proposed a great question, Nick, and that's probably what we need to ride with for the rest of the day. Does it—do you believe in the fact that he wants to be great again, so to say— I don't want to say great because he could believe he's still great. But is he going to be able to put up the great and fantastic all-star numbers that he has? Another uh, YouTube post here from uh, Campeo Silva says, uh, Beal is too much money. Too much would be uh, too much would to be given up for him. So too much as far as trade assets, too much money as well, uh, according to C. Silva there on YouTube. Hmm. Uh, so look, it's it's a very very interesting theoretical of having Beal on this team. I think it's a really good fit. I actually, if you if you if you questioned me on whether or not I feel like Beal is done, I don't think Beal's done. I think he still has some really good basketball left in him. And I look back at his days in college. I look back at his early days in Washington. I look back at when you know Washington was. Not necessarily a contender, but a playoff team. He was a competitive guy. Mm -hmm. And coming into a spot like a Sacramento or a Miami or a Philly or a Boston, all the teams we've heard, going into one of those situations, I think, will kind of give him some reinvigoration to his career, and, and you'll see a better Bradley Beal. You know what, Nick, real quick, and this is something that, I've heard three or four times already across the YouTube and the text line. And you mentioned the new cap space, $40 million. It sounds crazy. It really sounds. And just to hear me out, yeah, $40 million in the NBA. There's a lot of mid dudes getting ready to get that. It's here. It's that. Have you ever just, and I know you have, but I'm, I'm talking to some of the, some of the people listening. Have you just ever sat back and paid attention to what certain people are making? It's, it's crazy. It is insane. We went through that whole uh, <laughs> like, Hol Hollinger crazy. projections, and it's yes. like some of those guys. For reference, Bradley Beal would be making 34% of the Wizards' salary cap next year. That's the Wizards. He's supposed to. Matter of fact, you should be making at least 5% of the Wizards' <laughs> cap next year, Kyle. They, they're looking for talent right now. They brother. stink. Yes. So you look at you know Fox. He's set to make 32.6 this coming year. Bradley Beal set to make 46.7. So we're talking about 80 million between those two guys. Domas is set to make 19.4. So you're at about 100 million between the three this coming season. Right. But then you've got to deal with the Domas extension, which is why I said you're probably looking at around 120 million on your cap. And with the new CBA, that would be rough to build a team. Quickly, I do just want to update you on the Oakland A's situation. Uh, so the Nevada State Legislature passed the $380 million public funding towards the stadium. That happened yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure. 
you know, look, the next steps are that they go to the governor. The governor, I think, will sign off on this. He's not going to undermine his legislation. And then the owners have to vote on it. The only question is whether or not the owners are going to try to grab money from the A's for relocating, Mm -hmm. which they could. I don't think they're going to, though. Major League Baseball wants this to happen as bad as John Fisher does. To me... Hope is gone. This yep. thing's a wrap, JJ. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have it right here in my notes. It's a wrap, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas gift. You can go ahead and put that under the tree. Uh, it's the fourth quarter, man. Game seven. Dave Cavill and, uh, you know, John Fisher are up double digits on us right now. And it's the fourth, man. We're 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 on a uh, uphill swing when it comes to trying to uh, keep the A's here. And I say we because I'm a lifelong Oakland A's fan. Um, but... I will say this. We are sitting right in the very city where we probably could have said the same thing. You know, the Kings were right there. It was pretty much all over. The only thing that there is a difference is, and this is the main thing, is the Maloof family at that point in time needed finances because they had sunk so much money into the palms. It wasn't, you know, that wasn't a secret. John Fisher doesn't. He inherited right. his money. He yep. didn't work for his money. He's yep. been given pretty much everything. If you look at his biography, now I'm not saying to day to day this man ain't got up and went to school and earned a college degree. I get, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he was born into a lot of finance. He was, he didn't have to work if he didn't choose to. Yeah. Right. And that's the difference. And that's why we continue to keep on seeing the same situation is in reality, John Fisher didn't need this to hurry up. He slow played it like a game of poker. And because he is financially set and settled, he's just going to sit back and watch this happen, brother. I'm with you, Nick, man. I hate to see it. And, you know, it breaks my heart to take away the only team that I've ever loved. I think it's over. It's Cook. It's glazed. Yeah. It's finished. Yeah. It's donezo. Almost just got to slice it. That's it. Just got to slice it. Got to believe. Got to believe. There's a chance, right? No. 916-339-1140 is a text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. Don't forget, more content, what you're looking for about this Bradley Beal conversation and a lot of other stuff, including A stuff. Sacktownsports.com is the website. We'll continue with your reaction on Bradley Beal. Are you in or out on that idea? Also, it sounds like Golden State is going to run it back. Is that a mistake? We'll give you our answers next. Sports headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. Could Wizards all-star Bradley Beal be dealt to the Sacramento Kings? Sean Sharani and Sam Amick of The Athletic highlighted this enticing speculation this afternoon. Head to SacktownSports.com right now for more information. Mirroring the very rules of baseball itself, Oakland Athletics are essentially one strike away from relocation. The disheartening count revealed itself yesterday after Nevada Legislature jointly approved public funding for the Las Vegas Stadium deal to uproot the A's out of Oakland. Tampa Bay Rays beat Oakland 6-3 on Wednesday night, snapping the A's seven-game winning streak. Finally, the 123rd U.S. Open is underway at the Los Angeles Country Club. Your live leaderboard standings are provided, of course, by Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley back in the clubhouse and tied atop the leaderboard with eight under, while Scheffler, DeChambeau, Kim, and Barjan all tied in third, and done with the day with three under. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami. One brings Macloff magic, while the other, hmm, we're still trying to figure that out. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports.
We'll get to this idea of the Warriors running it back in uh, just a few minutes. Also want to let you know, Michael Scotto will be joining us. Oh, I got to hit him with a 15-minute heads up there. In about 14 minutes. So, yeah, let him know. 14 minutes, synchronized swatches. We got uh, Michael Scotto from Hoops Hype joining us. Should be fun. Uh, But before we get to the Warriors possibly running it back and whether or not J.J. is a fan of that idea for that organization, uh, still more reaction to this Bradley Beal conversation we've had. If you missed it, if you're just joining us, Sham Sharania, a couple of hours ago or so, tweeted out that the Kings had discussed Bradley Beal with the Wizards. He did say, uh, right now, there does not appear a clear pathway for the two sides. It's interesting, he says, right now, he doesn't say blanketly there's no clear path. He says that right now, which makes you wonder, hey, if you if you bring in a third team, if you make a trade and then you maybe open up some space, maybe you kind of go back to this talk. So it's still open there with Sham saying right now there doesn't appear to be a clear path. Doesn't necessarily mean that everything is over here. Uh, the text line, 916-339-1140, the team has played one season. In all caps, JJ, one, one one season together. Can we stop even contemplating trading any of the one to seven for a gamble? My goodness, man! I, there, you can you can see there still needs to be a tweak or two. Can we all agree on that? I totally agree. Okay, hundred percent. All right. Well, I guess that that texter YouTuber they don't believe that. They believe that you know one season, as you said, all caps, one season. One arrow uno. Season two will be better. Now, I, okay. It's like he, they're screaming at me when it's all caps. What? Sounds like they're in favor Giddy. of bringing back Harrison Barnes. They want to run it back, and I, I don't think that's the thing to do. No. And obviously, Monty doesn't think it's the thing to do. And no. by the way, don't be yelling at us. It's not just us who think this team needs an upgrade. It's rather obvious that Monty and company believe <laughs> they need an upgrade because they're talking about Bradley Beal. Having conversations. They don't pick up the phone if they're, not, if they're cool with one through seven right now. Don't flirt. They ain't cool with that's it. That's right. At, keep, your eye, keep your eyes to yourself. Yeah, keep your, <laughs> keep your eyes to yourself. Uh, I bled purple on Twitter at Nick C Radio. I think it is possible, talking about this Beal deal, uh, Mitchell, Herter, Holmes, and two firsts, Barnes on a sign and trade to a third team. Uh, yeah, I, look, if you're, if you're going to keep Domas and Fox, it's possible, but there's roughly seven steps that you have to get through to create – the scenario where you can get Beal without dealing one of those two guys. And I just think at the end of the day, it's a too unrealistic path. Might be wrong. Could be wrong. If you could get Fox and Domas to stay here while trading for Bradley Beal, I make that deal right now. I would make that deal. Hmm. Even if I had to even if I had to go through all of the cap machinations over the next few years, I'm gonna give it a run this year. Try. I'm going to give it a run this year with three guys that could arguably be top 30 in the league. I'm going to give it a shot because I don't know if you're going to have another option to go out and get a top 30 guy. This might be your only shot. You got Domas. You get Beal. It's not easy to acquire a top 25, top 30 dude in the league. True. And you you know you're working on Keegan's rookie deal. Yes. So you have... You know, three or four more years. Yes, of course, with the uh, the option to be picked up as well. So, I mean, if that's your top four, I'm happy. It's a pretty good top four. Yeah, Benjamin in the uh, YouTube out on Beal, no thanks. Willie Bowen, our guy Willie, trading tonight. F- Willie trading for Beal will only cause dissension. I don't know about that. I think Beal's a team guy. 
Uh, Beeman, you would have to give up assets and pay his terrible contract. I don't think what he would provide for this team would outweigh what you would be giving up to bring him in. So Beeman is a no on that as well. Let's go to uh, Bo. Bo's up on the phones. What's up, Bo? Put me on. How you doing, bud? Pretty good. Pretty good just in traffic right now, but that's not why I called. I uh, just wanted to share my thoughts on this, and I agree with most of the texts and the callers, or I'm the only caller, but um, everyone's saying from a basketball fit it's going to be kind of tough. So I feel like you're going to have to give up Monk, Herter, or Herter, and, and Murray, and then you're going to get rid of that bench scoring. But I think the real reason why the Kings even have this out here is to create uh, good publicity for them, right? We heard the Stuff going on in ESPN, just getting the name out there. Bradley Bill even willing to waive his no trade clause to come to the Kings. Last year, wouldn't be happening. So I feel like the front organization is kind of planting the seed, saying, "Hey, look at this. We can get a star like Bradley Bill for maybe a future move, maybe next year or two years from now, be able to put all the chips in the middle of the table for a really big star." All right, thanks. I appreciate the phone call, Bo. So Bo says, "Hang out of those assets." see what happens over the next couple of years. And to Bo's point, there could be the argument. By the way, we'll push the Warriors. We're talking Bradley Beal here with you and the Kings. We'll, we'll push the Warriors, maybe not get to them today. Yeah, push them. Making, making the executive decision <laughs> on the fly. But there is the argument, JJ, because of the new CBA, yep. teams might be looking. I'll give you the perfect example where I grew up, right? The Celtics with Brown and Tatum. Mm-hmm. Brown is going to get that super max, I think. If he signs that Supermax this offseason, that's going to give the Celtics a two-year window. Then they have to make a decision because Tatum and, and Brown would account for more than $100 million on that cap. Right. You'd have two Supermax players, which is detrimental to the rest of your roster building. So you might be looking at Jalen Brown available in 18 months to two years. It's just, do you wait for something to develop or do you strike right now when you know Bradley Beal's available? Yeah. That's the biggest question. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I like the PR stunt from the situation of with, with uh, Bo called, though. I like the positive reinforcement that the Kings, if if that is true, the the organization is letting people know, look, we in it to win it. We're trying to you know make moves, and we're a team to be reckoned with. And I'm with all of that. I I appreciate the fact that if they did leak this out in some form or fashion, that they're at least you know, open to play ball, and they're looking to uh, take the necessary steps to be, you know, a champion. All right, let's go to Ray. Ray's next up on the phones. Hey, Ray, what's up? Hello? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? Hey, not too bad. Hey, so I, I don't even know who Bradley Beal is. I, I don't, I, I really don't, and I'm a hardcore NBA fan. Uh, I know, I guess he plays for the Wizards. Uh, I don't know who the Wizards are. The Wizards are unexpected. They're not successful. They don't make the playoffs. Uh, So total waste of time. Uh, I want to go with – I'd like to have Kaminga because he's won a world championship. He's played for Mike Brown. He knows the expectations. Uh, And you know what? Uh, And and if that takes a couple first-round picks, then so be it. But I want a guy that has experience and that has upside. He's young. Kaminga's, what, 20 years old, and he's extremely athletic. And I think we don't like the Kings. We're not very athletic down low, and so I think he could really help us. All right, Ray. Thanks for the phone call. Your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga, JJ? Uh, I'm I'm in on it, but let me let me take a step back real quick. And and this is this is my issue with <laughs> with with fandom. Here we go. Didn't he just explain what the Kings were for the last 16 years? Mm. No good. Nobody cared. Didn't even know who we were in the NBA. Man, come on, stop playing yourself. 
Like we we got to be honest and real. Here we go again. And I, Jay's always the negative one uh, of the Cattles and Rami <laughs> show. Like I'm becoming that you know that person now. But now he I'm just win for hate of the year. He just explained the Kings though, didn't he, Nick? You could you yeah. are born and raised on the East Coast. Yep. You are more. I, I've worked with tons, hundreds, and thousands of people. You were tied into sports as just a tier tier one. You I, were I one have of no the guys. Life. I have no life. You, know you can what say mean? it. Yeah. But my thing is this: Were you looking at the Kings as somebody over the last ten, twelve before you came here? No. How did you look at the Kings? No, I didn't watch them. How did the people in the East Coast look at the Kings? Non fact. The same thing that Ray just said. Correct about the Wizards. Yes, there was one season where I paid special attention to the Kings, and that's when the Celtics had their first round pick, and the Kings actually played fairly well. There we go. And the pick didn't work out, which angered me. Come on, and then weren't weren't Kings fans just crying about De'Aaron Fox respect over the last three years? They were. Okay, I'm just saying. Look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself, Ray. Come on now. I don't know who you fooling out here, brother. You're not fooling the Cattles and Rami show, sir. You definitely ain't fooling Nick. And I know you ain't pulling the blind one over Jay. Stop it. All right. Does Beal the Sacramento make sense? Michael Scotto will join us and answer that more next. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles and Rami. On Sackdown Sports. Certainly a more interesting Thursday than we had anticipated, thanks to Sham Sharania today. Tweeting out that the Kings have been discussing Bradley Beal with the uh, Wizards. So uh, that, that got our attention. Now getting our attention is our friend Michael Scotto. That's my guy, man. NBA insider for Hoops Hype, reporter for USA Today. He joins us right now on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Of course, Michael, you are with Cattles and Rami. No Rami today. JJ in uh, for Rami on this Thursday. We thank you and appreciate you for your time. Let's first start off with this Sham Sharania report that the Kings have talked to Washington about Bradley Beal. Just your thoughts on the idea of the Kings giving Washington that phone call. Due diligence, gentlemen. I think you, you have to. If uh, you're Sacramento, you had a great season last year, um, defied a lot of expectations, I think. If you can add a third guy that has all-star potential around De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, you got to look at it. Um, you know, certainly a guy like Keegan Murray will draw interest around the league. Um, and they've got a plethora of guards that they could theoretically try to consolidate. But, I mean, with that said, um, that Bradley Beal contract is massive. And, with the new CBA coming up, some view that as uh, a potential deterrent to having more than just interest in acquiring a guy and really going for it. It's a lot of money coming up that would really hamstring your franchise. You've got to be sure that he's the missing piece you need uh, to be a championship contender. And I think that's why you see a little bit more talk of the Miami Heat, for example, who were just in the finals. Um, and they've got a bunch of guys coming up for, uh, you know, free agency, and, and they're going to have to make some decisions as well. And maybe consolidating for them would make more sense because they've been able to develop guys uh, on the cheap. And a lot of, as we heard all throughout the finals, they, they had a lot of undrafted guys that contributed well for them. So um, I think that's the difference maybe between – 
those two teams, for example, like Sacramento and Miami. Michael, man, you uh, you've been around for quite a bit of time. I've been a you know, of course, huge fan, known you for a while, and it seems like as long as I've known you, we've heard Bradley Bill and Damian Lillard's name be tossed around as someone that could be on the move. I'm gonna throw mm-hmm. in Dame Dollar in there for you as well. And you you talked about the new CBA and the massive deal. What's your thoughts on Dame being moved? You know what the difference with Dame is? He's a top seventy five <laughs> player all time, at least you know voted wise. And he's still in the prime of his career. He looked great last year when he played. Um, you know, Dame has inherently more value than than Bradley Bill. He's he's a the thing about Dame is he's a closer, man. He's a he's a clutch scorer in the fourth quarter. Um, has a big following. He's a guy that you know is a loyal guy to an organization. So I could see a lot of teams certainly circling the wagon on him. Obviously, depending on what Portland does with the third pick, um, you know if if the draft shakes out the way it's kind of looking like right now, and they end up with. Scoot Henderson at three. Well, that's kind of your point guard of the future there, and it would raise some eyebrows, I think, because I don't. If you're Damian Lillard, can you share the backcourt with Scoot Henderson, and you also have Anthony Simons, and you got to re-sign Jeremy Grant? Um, you know, is, is Nurk the guy you want to have as your center as well? Looking ahead, like they've got a lot of decisions to figure out, and I just feel, you know. Theoretically, on paper, a guy like Brandon Miller maybe would fit better on paper. But, again, Dame's trying to win now. He's 32. It's uh, not to say he's old, but he's not a spring chicken either. So you got to balance that. And if he really wants to compete, it, it just reminds me of, like, when the Knicks had Carmelo at the end of his run and during the Phil Jackson era. It's like, you know, they did these moves like Joakim Noah and then Derrick Rose, and they were better on paper, but they weren't going to be a contender. So that's kind of where I feel like Portland is right now. Um, and I, I'm curious how Dame, you know, would feel about that. If, if Portland took Scoot Henderson, you got to wonder if you're Dame and people around the league, what that would signal long-term. Again, they've, they've not said that they want to move him. He's their franchise guy, but actions speak louder than words. Michael, you just mentioned the new CBA coming in uh, next year, and you know, I've been talking about how that's going to affect uh, teams with, with these guys on max deals, if you've got multiple guys on max deals. W- with the new CBA kicking in truly next summer, do you think that will create urgency and moves this summer so teams get their books in line, so to speak? Yes, I do. I think you have to. Um, and the other thing I would say is I think these teams that have a lot of star top heavy rosters are going to be more focused on the draft than they've been in the past because they need guys on rookie scale contracts yep. that you can fit in and minimum guys. Um, so what better way to do that than through the draft? I mean, you saw that with uh, the Denver, Oklahoma city trade, for example. Hmm. Here with Michael Scott of hoop site. Mike, man, you in the BK, brother, in Brooklyn. So you get to see uh, Cam Johnson on the daily. And uh, for me, he's not as high as I think other people have him throughout the league. You know, you get to see him operate on a daily basis. Does he really fit the mold of the 3 and D guy? And how is you know how high is he on the top of your list, brother? 
I think for Cam, look, he's a stretch four to me, the way Brooklyn played him. I know some teams feel they could put him on the three as a wing. Um, I certainly think if he's your three, um, it might be a little better because he's not uh, he's not a rugged rebounder, I would say. He's going to stretch the floor for you and, and be efficient. He's a good high IQ player. Showed a little bit more off the dribble stuff with the Nets, but I think he's a fine starting caliber rotation guy that you can have on your team. I do think he's in line to get 20 plus million dollars a year in free agency. Um, I reported on Hoopsite. I've talked to, I think it was about five executives that projected him to be around the four year, $90 million range. Uh, so, you know, that I, I could see that you're talking about 22 and a half million a year, but you got to remember Jay with the, with the cap going up, uh, think of that as like I don't know, high teens money. Mm, yeah. Um. You know when you when you extrapolate that, so that's the thing I think people have to consider going forward when they start seeing some of these new deals coming out. Michael, great stuff. We appreciate you as always. Let's do this again soon. Thank you. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. Appreciate you it, Mike. as well. Take care. All right, there goes Michael Scotto, NBA insider for Hoops Hype, reporter for USA Today on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. If Cam Johnson's worth $22 million, Mikhail Bridge is going to break the bank. Yes, $40 million. Break the bank. I think he's going to get $40 million. Mm-hmm. I, I, people saying like, this is not going to be a busy offseason are crazy. It's the NBA. It's always a busy offseason. Stuff happens all the time. All right, coming up next, what do we think the Beal rumors tell us about the Kings this summer?